What's going on, Canes fans? We're back with another exciting episode of All Canes Radio. This time at a packed house at Coyo Taco US1. Come on by. Got drinks. Got great food. 1514 South Dixie Highway. Today, we might be here with the biggest hurricane. Actually, you know what? I take it back. He's the second biggest hurricane of all time that I know because I think I played with someone just a little bit bigger. But I didn't think we played with anybody that played at a higher level at the offensive line position than Mount McKinney, 2001 oh, oh, national champion. Who did you play that was bigger? Ian Simonette. Oh, Ian Simonette was bigger? I thought yeah. you were going to say like an Alan, uh, Alan Bailey. Was no, playing. Alan well, Bailey remember, was only six foot four. I remember there was Cesar O'Neill and Ricky Perry. Now, this back in the day, we used to run an ad in our, our all, all sports in the new school newspaper, come in for a free T-shirt. And I'm standing by the counter, and all of a sudden, it got blackout. These two guys, because Caesar O'Neill, unfortunately, he passed away, and he didn't last a year. He didn't stay here a year. He got sick. And then Ricky Perry walked in. And I mean, the front door, there was no way they could both get in even close to the same time. But between the two of them, you're probably talking 600 pounds, 650 pounds coming in the door. It was like almost the, the store you know, went up in the air on that one side. They were, they were some big guys. But... Bryant's as big as a guy that I can ever Yeah, me and Vernon K, I weighed in then, and that was the case. Yeah. You, know, they you were and Vernon, how much you were? Me and Vernon was like, in college, I was 340. Sheesh. Vernon was 360. Well, you yeah, know, we do, a <laughs> we, we do a shopping spree every year, and one year, Bryant came. The next year, the big show came. So the following year, I was trying to get both of them to be there, because can you imagine those two guys next to one? I mean, <laughs> What's a big show? Is he seven foot? He's, yeah, he's seven foot. He's legit I, I seven? I mean, his hand goes up to my, you know. The only guy that I ever met bigger than him was Andre the Giant. Mm. Oh, the biggest person I probably met was Shaq, I think. Yeah, Shaq's a pretty big dude. Shaq, Shaq's a big dude. But Andre the Giant, man, his hand came up like here when he shook your hand up. Your but could you imagine Shaq on a, an elliptical machine? That's where I met him. I was like, I was like this, come on, bro. You cannot be on this right now with your wife beater on. Like, just... You know, shacking away. He's I'm like, in bro. shape too lately. I'm he has. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's in shape. But so you look like you're in shape too. So you know what? Catch the Canes fans up what you're doing nowadays. I know you normally have your hand on a lot of things, whether it comes to music, entertainment, and everything going on. I'm getting back into music um, with a producer named Hitmaker. So I'm doing stuff with him now. Um, just, a, my, just, a, just a guy, you know, Hitmaker. Yeah, not, not, a, not a big time dude he or anything. He worked under me first. So that's why I got to start to write, write like a lot of music and stuff. Is, so that's why he came back and was like, now he's a position. He's executive at a record label and produces a lot of songs. So now he's come back to get me. So I'm helping out with that. Um, my foundation, of course. Um, I have Operation Turkey coming up for that um, next month. Also, we just did America's Got Talent. Um, the play, NFL players' choir yeah, did that. Pretty cool. I like it that. It was. It was. And we actually got called. You know, we got selected to come back to the finals by Simon. But then it was like a small window of voting. The four judges got to pick a, um, an act to come back, and Simon had picked us, but we didn't win the voting to come back. Can you a few bars for us and sing a little bit for us? Come on. What, what was the no, because I have to sing my invoice. Wait, so wait, you were in America's Got Talent? Yes. Absolutely. You singing? Well, there was a bunch oh, of nah, singing and NFL players. I need to hear some of this. Where's this Google? I mean, not only like singing, but they had, they had moves, we had, too. Yeah, we had choreography, too. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was impressive. So who, yeah. who, who, was it, who was it besides you? Um, Tommy Harris, he was in there. Um, Oklahoma, D tackle. Yeah. Okay. Um, was like Twelve was guys, like, thirteen guys. Yeah, it was like thirteen guys. Um, Damn. Uh, Nate Palmer, he was my teammate actually here with the Dolphins. There was a there was a few guys. In there. There was a few guys in there. That's what's up. Well, yeah. you know, I want to kind of take it back because there's a there's a name that we keep hearing now 
and you actually came from the same school, Lackawanna Junior College is now brought up because Kobe Young, wide receiver, actually doing his job and catching the ball and actually balling okay. is from Lackawanna College. Okay. So I kind of wanted to talk about your journey from high school Lackawanna College to Miami. Is that like an Indian name? I don't know. I'm just, I, I tried I to say it a couple it times. <laughs> Lackawanna. So when I came, I came from a small school in Jersey, um, which now is opened up now because my nephew's in the league. He went to the same high school. But at the time, somebody probably like early 80s went to the league from there. And um, we didn't have much, you know, it wasn't, the internet wasn't big like it is now. So we didn't have much people that came there to recruit us. So just so happened, somebody mailed in a video to the University of Iowa, and they were sending about our running back. We had a really good running back. And then they looked at the video, and they were like, well, who is this guy? And I played defensive end. And um, when they came for the running back, they asked about me as well. It was after National Signing Day. And they were like, well, we're out of scholarships, but I can send you to junior college. I want you to play left tackle. I want you to learn how to play left tackle because you'll last a lot longer, you know, because you're 6'8". So um, we'll give you a scholarship to go there. And I was like, okay. And I went, and I hated learning how to play left tackle. <laughs> you got to learn how to do everything on your left hand stance. It's like I just, I'm not left-handed. And then I was on the defensive side of the ball, so all you had to do was just go and make, hit somebody and make a play. So it was like... Now I'm passing and like learning how to pass it. And the person I went against, he was a JUCO All-American, you know, his second year. My first year I had to go against him every day. Um, I was only 240 pounds wow. coming in at the time. Um, still 17, I turned 18 in that September. Um, so it was definitely a learning experience and it made you a lot tougher because we didn't have training rooms, we didn't have all these facilities. It's probably why I went through my career never missing the game through the injury. It's a big part. He always told me you can't make the tub in the club. So I stayed, right out, of, I stayed out of the training room. That's why when y'all keep telling these guys keep getting hurt, it's like, why are you so soft? Like, come on. Like, do what you got to do. Like, I mean, you want to get hurt sometimes, but I feel like guys is always getting hurt. Like, or they just being soft and act like they can't play. Well, there's a lot of talk about soft. I've played right with now. broken hands. I've played. I've had, um, had to get IV at halftime. I had food poison one time. I've played through some things. So don't tell me you can't play. No, no, wait, let's go back. You started off in the band, though, right? That's where they found you? I played you in the band one season. Okay. It's did, not where they did, found me. Look, look at Harry. Look at, <laughs> look at Harry trying to put a dig in there. Harry trying to put a dig in there. What instrument? The drums. The drums? Okay. Yeah. So, and that's why that's where my musical ear comes from. That's why I have a three-time Grammy-nominated co-executive producer you're sitting next to. You probably mm. don't even know that. Mm. Yeah, mm. recognized by the hey. Grammys. So, mm. yeah, let's talk I, about I the music. I watched America Got Talent. Yeah. I voted for you guys. Oh, sure you, you did. You don't even know how to use a phone. <laughs> oh, look, the thing be vibrating. It finally picks it up now. It be vibrating at <laughs> the table all day long. Um, so, Alan, you said 240 pounds. Well, how, yeah. how big did you come to Miami? When I got to Miami, I was probably like... Um, it was 240 when I got to, so when I got to Miami. I probably was like... Maybe like... 290, 310s were running. Well, damn, give the secret to the boys at Miami. I know Jeez. my junior year, well, I was 17, too, so I still was developing. Gotcha. I wasn't lifting weight, you know, until I got to college. And then when I got to Miami's program, you started, like, lifting more. But even my junior year, I was, like, 330, and just the way it looked on me, they were like, oh, he needs to gain weight and fill out still. And I'm like, it's 330, like, you know what I mean? But it just looked slimmer on me. And then even I gained. Bro, he is tall. 13 more pounds. Bit. and ended up being 343 my senior year. And, you know, it worked, I guess. What was your NFL weight? Uh, 350 when I first got there. You're almost, Toward the end, it was like you're 365. You're right? You're about three, <laughs> yeah, 340-ish. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 Brian, when, when, when you played right? football, what position did you want to play 
And, you know, you didn't sound, <laughs> he was you the didn't sound too excited going to left tackle, but what was it? Nah, was I, was it? My, I was a big Reggie White fan, so I just wanted to just club people and just do stuff like that and just be aggressive. Off the line, you had to think a lot. So right. I was like, I want to run because things could change. But then I got used to it and just, you know, just flipped it and always just knew now as a defensive end, like what I would have done. You know, now I'm in that position of being the opposite person. So, and just kind of think like them now. And then I just was going against great people, like I said. I went to junior college, the guy was a JUCO All-American. He ended up going to the University of Maryland. So practice gets him every day, and he was really a good at pass rush, and he outweighed me by 20 pounds when I first got there. Um, and just learning, just being okay with getting your behind kicked. I just edited myself. Um, day in and day out, until you that light bulb go off, and then it was like, all right. So you're saying, now I like to get the butt kicked. You're saying going through practice, getting your ass whooped. Yeah, I ain't never made, played left tackle before. Made you, <laughs> made you a better player instead yeah, of like bitching and moaning and, you know, complaining. Made me a better player. Because oh, that's crazy how that works. <laughs> it, it, Man. And, that, and that's the thing that right now, like this team that Miami has right now, is there's injuries and there's depth issues. And, you know, I was at the 87 reunion a couple weeks ago, and, and Michael Irwin was talking about Jimmy's talking about, you know, the practice on the, on the practice field was in many cases tougher than the game on Saturday. Yeah, that was Because you were going against first-round picks on either side, and you were practicing against guys that were bigger, stronger, faster, and that made you better. Well, right? ask Brian who he went against, against practice. Jerome Andrew Williams. Yeah, Jamal Green. Jamal Green. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's, some, there's some dudes right there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that helps develop a team to make better, yeah. you know, and that's one of the things I think that's hurting this team right now, the injuries and the depth issue, which we knew about going in. There was... Some good players, but there wasn't depth behind them. What was the biggest thing you had to to, to learn? Was it the mental aspect? Physically, I mean, you're you are who you are, and you got long arms, and you're tall, and, and that that can help you at the left tackle position. Was it more mental than physical at that point? As far as what? As far as when you, when you transitioned to the University here, of Miami. Transitioning here, I had to get used to the weather. <laughs> really, the weather? Yeah, I mean, it was, it's not humid like this, um, you know, up Jersey and. and Northeast Pennsylvania, so like, once you hit like mid-September, like it's cooling off everywhere except right. here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to condition yourself to get, to get used to that, and then just running and training out here too. It just felt real heavy because of the humidity. You know what I mean? Like you were in the sauna. So people who aren't from down here, it's it's a difference. So once I got acclimated to it, and I just re- realized that we used to practice at like well one or two o'clock in you know in the afternoon. So that kind of benefited us like in games. Because now we knew the temperature would have felt like. So I feel like a team come from up north, they should be wearing down by the time, like, fourth quarter come. And we still right. should be, like, at our prime. And we're well hydrated and things like that. And that's how I look at it. But here is, like, they get soft. They're practicing indoors. Like, we only – we didn't have it indoors. So the only time – we were always outside. And we were outside at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when the sun is on your neck. And that's part of your um, advantage. Even when I got here as the Dolphins, I'm like, we're in this bubble all the time. Why are we in this bubble? Because guess what? If I was in Baltimore and we were playing here – they would have tried to make the heat, some type of way to make us feel heat. So you have an advantage already having the nice weather in the outdoors and getting used to it. So why would you baby your guys and put them indoors? For what? You're taking away the advantage. Yeah, and, and I remember a story. Um, I, one of your former teammates said, you know, once Vernon Carey finished the full regiment of 110s. That was my senior year. I knew that we were going to win a national championship. Yeah. What, what did that mean to, to see Vernon, who's you know was even heavier than you, mm-hmm. and to go through that to finish and, and tell people what that regiment of 110s was? Yeah. Oh, God. You've oh. seen you seen his progression, too, though. Like, you've seen we used to clap him up and everything, and then all of a sudden 
Yeah. What's funny is it's a mental thing, the 110s. I had to run them with um, basically like the DBs. I think Joaquin was there too, but everybody else were like smaller group guys because we had to go to the Big East Conference thing or something like that. So we had to do ours early in the morning and get out the way. And when Vern, when I told him I made mine, it was like, I'm going to make mine. Like, you know, it was, I right. it was a mental. But, but that was part of it. You guys pushed one another. Right. You guys took control. I mean, the, right. you know, the whole story goes, you guys went in and, and told Paul D you wanted Coach Coker. And then when Coach Coker got the job, he said, okay, move out. We got this. And you guys <laughs> took charge and, and you made it happen. You took the responsibility to making sure you didn't want to let the guy next to you, behind you, yeah. or in front of you down, and vice versa all the way around the team. We really, believe, we really believe in um, the whole situation of getting to the national championship. We, we lost one game, and we still had a lot of those guys coming back. And it was our senior year, and it's like, we don't have time to have Barry Alvarez come in and put in a whole new offense and defense and got to learn that you're going to play slower. Like, let's keep what we have here because we have a good chance of going to the national championship. And if hopefully he listens to us, you know, they, they did. But, but, but changing, was changing coaches back? is the problem. Well, sometimes. well, how was it? How hard was it to come back, Brian? I mean, was it if Barry had come, maybe you would have elected to? I had say some of the supplemental draft, like just on just. I say that on the way out because I feel like he didn't listen to us. I don't even think he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I just threw that out there. But um, Bush Davis actually talked me into. I wasn't really. I don't even think I was really going to leave. But Bush Davis had pulled me in his office and was saying. Um, just in case you think about leaving, I'm just telling you this. You may be the missing piece to this puzzle we, to get a national championship. And I'm going to say, like, three weeks later, he left. <laughs> I was like, what? I just yeah, love, I love, I love, I love how all former players of Butch Davis change their voice when they do Butch. Yep, they go But I still say this, okay? Because of Brian McKinney and Ed Reed coming back for their senior year, that's why we won a national title. Because I don't think if either one of those guys come back, I don't know that we win that. I don't know. I I just think you guys, on offense, you were a leader, and on defense, he was a leader. And you guys made plays. Look, you never wanted to scowl at Ken Dorsey, right? Because you never let him get sacked when you were there. Right. Ken, Ken didn't – everybody talks about that little scene the other – you know, a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell people how he was a competitor in everything he did. No, he's definitely a competitor. I mean, when Ken, when he first came in, you know, remember he, he started as a freshman. Um, for, I think Kenny Kelly got injured or something like that. But um, Ken was um, – a student so like when he first got here he was always in the, him and Jerry Payton were roommates and they we all stayed on the same floor and he was always in there just studying to make sure he knew his assignment and everything too so he was always a student that's what I always noticed about him so yeah he was always a competitor and a student he wasn't as vocal because you had a lot of big personalities on that team but you know he was definitely always a student and yeah people I guess were surprised to see that um you know that side did it surprise like, you like to see it did because I don't you, you know Maybe if he got sacked a few times, I would have seen it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to see it. He would have let you know. Because right? I remember seeing some of those. He would give a look that was, you know, for a little skinny guy like he was, it was still kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, but imagine imagine doing that. Imagine going your whole collegiate career, not giving up the one stat against yourself that everybody wants to do. Be oh, a left tackle. I'm going to tell you this. A sack. We, we played um, Florida State my senior year, and um, – I remember, like, he, the guy, the defensive end was Reynolds. got a good start. Wasn't it Jamal Reynolds? No, my senior year. It was, oh. it was another guy, last name was Jackson. And he got a good, he got a good um, jump on the ball. And um, somehow I was able to just push him by, like, the last minute. But the sideline, like, erupted, like, as if, like, he was going to get the And I was like, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I was like, why didn't he scream it? Like, and then they looked like, oh, is he going to get you? And I was like, oh, me. So then from there I said, 
Okay, you can't go in here and like just play. Like you have to always remember that you got to still keep playing at a high level, and like don't like you can't sleep on anybody because now their goal, even if they don't win or not, is to get a sack on you. Now I had to really like realize that. That's another thing about offensive linemen. You know, when you look at the defense side of the ball, they're always changing people. Yeah. of line seems like they're always out there for every They are. You don't rotate. I mean, there's there's no no tackles. Unless there's an injury or something like that, you don't see a guy on the offensive side leave the game. Yeah, you're getting fresh bodies at least every couple of series, right? Yeah. So that's why O-linemen always tell you they're, they're, they're more athletes. They're, in, they're better in shape than the defensive line, you know, and that's when their fights come up in practice. Smarter, uh-huh. stronger, Definitely faster. smarter. All you got to do is just run and stay in the gap. Like, how hard is that? <laughs> you, you, you can't contain. Up. Like, all right, like, what do you? Yeah, like we have a whole defense shift and people come down and all these in a split of the cadence. Like you know what I'm saying? So now your assignment's changing. You have to recognize this real quick. Defense is like I got this guy. No, they always say the offensive <laughs> linemen are the smartest guys on the team. Right? Yeah, because you have a small window of now, making the now, decision. Now when you played, what was your playbook like? I mean, how many pages? It was a big playbook, but it was all certain plays were used for certain games. So you know during the week, what you know what plays you would most likely use. What? Uh, I wanted to go back. You, you went up against Dwight Freeman. You went against Jamal Reynolds. They, they were the two top And then Alex Brown was, too. And Alex Brown, yeah. that's right. Top two defensive ends at the time. What, what pressure did you feel? What, uh, you know, because you had well, a target on your back. When I went against Jamal Reynolds, that was like my first season starting, so I didn't have any pressure. He probably did because I was the underdog. Like, you didn't know me yet. You know what I'm saying? So that was a breakout game for myself, Jeremy Shockey, and Ken Dorsey. Yep. So it was less pressure for me in that game because I didn't, didn't know what to expect. And if it would happen, it was like, oh, well, that's Jamal Reynolds. But um, those games like that, I sat with Coach Cristobal at night. And, um, you know, we would watch extra film. And I would try to figure out, is this guy really this good? Or is the offensive lineman making a mistake and he's capitalized on it? Or like what? I was really like sit there and just try to pick this out and figure it out. And then just, even when they got sacked, I would see like, well, what could the offensive line done better? to not give up the sack, things like that. I had to realize also, like, get off on the snap count. It can't be late. These guys are fast guys and they're strong. And I, would, I just studied them. Like, basically, I, I, they technically, like, the person I had to study the most, of course, was Dwight Freeney because he had this spin move that all of a sudden was like, nobody else in football was spinning and doing it. He carried that to the NFL because now all of a sudden the people started spinning in the NFL. So he had that one move. I had to, like, look at when does he like to do it. Like, I had to know the protection. Like, Okay, if he spins the side, but I have the guard coming this way, I'm okay because the guard is – you know what I'm saying? Like, use a lot of things mentally that you just have to be aware of. So, you pick so up – He's kind of saying that playing offensive line or playing football is not as easy as some of our Monday morning quarterbacks talk about it is. You know? Yeah, we know that. Yeah, so you, you – But he's reconfirming that, you, right? Yeah, we know that too. <laughs> you, he just – got to go to the fans, bro. Come on, man. Well, we understand that. Lately. You could go on Twitter and cuss them out. We're good. <laughs> so you say extra film, you get pick up tendencies, and you, you mentioned Coach Cristobal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have a great relationship that a lot of people don't have as he helped you out when he was a GA, I'm guessing, at the time. You he know, tried to get me and Vernon on like this whole weight program. Like, yeah, eat this horrible egg and this oatmeal in the morning. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, 18 and 19, and like, you're trying to make us eat this for breakfast? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but I understand it now. Talk to me as Mario as a coach and you know it, obviously it's not going the way that he he wants it to go right now in year These one. These aren't his people that's just like it, it was it's not like somebody gave him a Butch Davis you know team and said here coach this and it's like hi 
Like, he has to start from where Bush Davis started when they was in probation or whatever, that type of era, and build the team back up. It takes time. Things things are not going to happen. Yeah, we, we not going to build wrong with one ago. season. Like, come on. Give the man credit. Let his players and the people he recruited get in there. Because some of those guys on the team still have their old coach mindset. You know what I'm saying? And when they get down, they're used to being down. Like, oh, here we go again. And that could spread to the younger guys. But I feel like the younger guys are stepping in and, you know, trying to do their thing. But, like, give him, like, a year. Give him, like, two years. So, But what's more important, Brian? Is it talent or is it culture or you need because like you can have talent but i don't mean you won't do anything with it i feel like it's work ethic and consistency you know what i'm saying preparation when it meets opportunity what are you going to do you know what i mean so those type of things you can have a lot of talents a lot of people here are talented but you have somebody else who might be as talented but work harder than them and now they're equal you know what i'm saying want it more right work harder that's why i kind of but these like this nil stuff is like is it going to keep the guys hungry or are they going to get complacent and feel like, oh, I got this coming, I got that. Like, you could have had a lot more coming, but you got complacent with a little bit of money here. So, who knows? I, I was going to ask you that. I mean, okay, so let's say you got 300000 in college. Tell the kids what you really could get if you weren't complacent. What's that real checks looking like well, in the league? You add another comma to that or there something. You like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, and... and, I, and Who's buying dinner? And that's the thing I right. don't get, right, because... I feel like we didn't play that long ago, but when you talk about, like, ball to guys that did it at a high level at Miami, it's they're passionate about when they talk about what they want to do and, like, how great I want to be. I want to be number one. Failure is not an option to do, and I just don't I, – I probably meet one guy a year that has kind of that passion to say – I'm going to be great. You know, the last couple has probably been DJ Dallas, KJ yeah, Osborne. Yeah, DJ Dallas definitely was. Those, yeah, those are the type of guys that you mm-hmm. see, and it's kind of like, how come this generation, we only have one or two? But I feel like, they're giving, like you're giving them this so easily, like, already. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everything is, it's like a microwave phase with these guys. Everything's so quick and so fast. It's like, the gratification. Listen, when we was in school, me and Vernon tried to work a summer job. We was carrying kegs. I was like, I can't do this. And it's like, you can only make a certain amount of money. You put a cap on how much you can make or be favoritism. I'm not, I'm not carrying these kegs. Then we got to go to practice in the morning. We did that for, I did it for like a week. week and a half. Well, and a lot, of these guys, a lot of these guys, Brian, are getting money, half a million, without ever playing a down in college. Right. And I just want to see how they'll pan out when they get to the next level. Because some people well, look what's happening at Texas A&M right now. Oh, man, they're in shambles right now. What's happening? So, well, you know, they did you hear about their historic class they had last year? So they're the number one class in America, but the number one highest rated class ever. ever. Now, the rumors are they paid $20 million for it. That's how much they paid the recruits to get but there. are they producing to be like no, the, Right, exactly. No. They've got four losses on the season. They'll probably have at least another two or three. Three of the kids got suspended already, and it's just a whole bunch of shambles. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know how I feel about that. And I don't like the portal either. You know why I don't like the portal? Yeah, because you're not man enough to stand in there and fight for a position to take somebody's position. It's like, oh, I'm going to leave and go here. It's like, you're soft. And don't come out Competition makes you better, right? That, hello, Frank Gore came in here. He wasn't scared of Clint Porters and all these guys and Willis McGee. He came here to take their job, and he probably would have. He didn't get hurt them two times. He definitely would have. Now, you didn't have to sit out a year coming from community college. I redshirted. You redshirted. I, did, I, I shouldn't have. Okay. But being nice, mm. Robert Hall, he was a senior. You wanted me to compete, and I came in there to compete. And you beat him and out. And then I won, and now you're telling me, but if you stay, if you redshirt this year, you know, you still have two more years, you know the program, this and the other. And I was kind of like, nah, I don't care. You <laughs> told me to compete, I did. But let me ask you. They called my mom. They called my family. <laughs> like, on, on, when you, We're talking about redshirting. Offensive line and defensive line are probably the two where you probably should redshirt to get stronger. And yeah. Under, especially offensive line. There's just so much knowledge you have to have. 
you know, and then using your Well, me, I mean, coming from a JUCO, I'm glad I did because, well, I'm just glad I did too because then I got more comfortable with the plays and and everything. Um, But if you're a freshman, I mean... Is it, is it is it it's mental and it's also physical. It's got to be both on on the offensive line if you're a freshman, right? Like yeah, you don't yeah, see, yeah, yeah, you don't, yeah. You don't see freshman offensive line not dominating, no, or at least not dominating, right? No, well, physically you're not prepared, and then right. it's all that stuff that he talked about earlier about knowledge and knowing what to do and, and all the plays you have to yeah, run. Yeah, you, you play faster once you are really familiar with the plays and everything. You play faster, but at the beginning, everything like is going super fast. <laughs> Um, on each level that you get to, so um, until you get comfortable with the plays. Well, and, and you know, when you were kind of describing a play, what you mentioned also is, okay, you know the guard's going to do this or that. Right. That comes with, you know, the relationship. And you guys had a real deep relationship on that. That comes with communication. I mean, just, just describe. That's I big mean, offensive line. I, I mean, there, there were stories of you guys in college, uh, the five of you and more, even the backups hanging out, shaving yeah. shirt goes, uh, um, chest and back. <laughs> Say what? Say what? Say what? Say what? Yeah, yeah. Whose chest? Yeah. See, that's that's what, offensive linemen. They're the not na- everybody. I ain't participating, but I seen it. They're the nastiest like dudes on the team. Okay, they're the nastiest <laughs> dudes on the team. I remember Myers and everyone else walking around naked. And stuff. I'm like, bro, man, get away! You couldn't even you couldn't sit on the couch. My something I drop on you. Like you're like, bro. I seen someone sitting on the couch and something. I was like, nah, I ain't going nowhere near that ever again. Right. No. Well, why do you need that at that position? Um, you say communication. You say that bond. I mean, it's so well, important. You need a bond moment. because you're, I mean, it's y'all five or seven, however, but right. it's that group um, that have that cohesiveness like that, have each other's back type of vibe, which we had, but we also spread that amongst the rest of our teammates too. So you had people like Clint Portis who would take the offensive line out for dinner on Thursdays to build that bond and so you had each other's back on and off the field. Um, every would then link the DBs with us. So now you got the O-line DBs and the running backs hanging out. It just was a became a family thing. I mean, you got to look at it too. We all came, they all came to New Jersey with me. Reed and Fitzgerald and Vernon and Joaquin and Najee Deathworth. It was like a whole random group of different positions, but they came out of town and came to New Jersey with me. We hung out like we were going in each other's space. We would go to Joaquin's family house have sangria and, and have some meals and stuff like that. So we were going to each other's spaces and getting to know each other and really hanging out with each other. I feel like a lot of these kids Virgin here sangria. are treating it, they're treating it like they're in the NFL already. And it's like, I'm here for work. And after that, they kind of all separate. But like, no, nah, we all actually treat each other like family. We used to have, we used to go to game works over here yep. at Sunset yep. Mall. I, I, maybe on a Friday or something like that. Like, not like, you know, in season, but like off season, something we'll go to game works all together. Like we did stuff together as a group. Yeah, the chicken wings one night. I mean, everybody. Was yeah. Every, oh, dang, you getting nervous over here? Too many margaritas, boy. Chicken wings. Hey, hey listen, you, you, you see how he's fumbling the bag already, but great margaritas here at Coyo Taco. Make sure you guys come down and get some. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure you, you guys did it because I think we took it from you guys. Every Thursday, position groups would go out. To the Grove. And go have their no, go have their meals first. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's then, what I'm saying. That's when yeah. Clint Porter took everybody out Thursday we were, we were a sports girl, the specialist okay. and stuff like that. And then, obviously, we would all go to Sandbar yeah. Thursday nights. And then Tuesday. They were like Duffy's or something for us. I think that's where it was. Yeah, everybody was a little bit different, but everybody did that. I guarantee if you ask that right now, no, I, I mean, don't think they TVD didn't even have his receivers' numbers to throw. Really? Think about that. Coach Gaddis asked him. He goes, hey, you know, Tyler, why don't you uh, get the guys together, do some seven-on-seven seven because, you know, we have restrictions. We can't coach you at the moment. So get them together. He goes, oh, yeah, you know, um, 
I don't have their all their numbers. And I'm like, quarterback doesn't have the numbers for all their numbers. a group chat. Like, back then, you didn't have group chat. We got chats. a group chat now. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? That's when we talk about the culture. And everyone keeps saying, like, oh, y'all keep saying this culture shit. And I go, it really means something if right now your quarterback said he doesn't have his receivers. Then you have Charleston Rambo that came in here from Oklahoma that says, they don't do half the things that I did at Oklahoma as far as success things. Then you have Mike Harley come out before that and say, yeah, you know, we were really slacking. We were really doing everything that we needed to do to be great. Then you had KJ Osborne that came in and was a number one receiver at the time. That all means culture. Right. You've sucked for 15 years. And, and, and now the culture that Mario is bringing in is not really working for some of these players. Well, they're, they're overworked or over. Well, that's because they were or, part of another um, right, era. Right. That's why I say you have to give him time to get to weed some of them out. He's, listen, they. Not to not to knock any coaches before this because I'm cool with them. They're good dudes, but you can't baby dudes at this level. You can't be scared that they're gonna jump jump in the transfer portal. And unfortunately, our last coaching staff, some of them, baby them and wanted to be boys with them instead of yo hold them accountability. Like you jumped offside, you have a personal foul. Get out this play. No, you missed uh, classes. You're not playing this week for the half. Nope, they let them play. You smoked weed and got drunk before a game. And you the played? The game? Yes. yes. FIU, FIU game. Started the game. Our quarterback. Our quarterback. So and, the, that, and the quarterback started? Yes. Oh, yeah. So that's what we were dealing with. Wait, who, nobody checks the rooms no more? Thank you. That's what I said. I they said, don't? how did you get out of right. your room? We literally <laughs> they, they have troops. A, a pillow dummy. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Look. We literally have a, 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 a state trooper on your floor just sitting right. there going like this. Wait, he never snuck out of a room, Brian? No. Professional level or college? Uh -uh. Never. I was late one time. We all were late. Um, it was the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> the Sugar Bowl was a bunch of us. Well, you had a, you had a good Ooh. reason to be uh, It late. was a bunch of us late. What you going to do? What happened? <laughs> it was like me, DJ Williams, Damon Lewis. It was like a bunch of us. What too. happened that you guys were late? I, I heard a Sugar Bowl story, but I never really heard the whole That's thing. That's not the reason why we were late. Um, the fight thing, I don't think that was the same reason. No, that wasn't the same. It was Different another night. night. Yeah, yeah and... It was a group of us that was late, and we all looked around and realized who the group was. Like, well, he can't. <laughs> What's he gonna do? What's it starting he off? Can't a, it was offense and defense, so it was like it was some big people on both sides. It was like, and we had that discussion because <laughs> they seen the movie. We, we were talking to Butch the other night on our show. We talked about. The maddest he ever got at a mascot. Remember when the, the he the came, on the, field. Yeah, he came yeah. on the field and they the threw was cussing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you mentioned that mascot was funny. You mentioned fights, and I still don't know why someone would pick a fight with someone your size. But I feel like when I got to Miami, where that um, which one? Um, I heard of two. I heard of the one in Sugar Bowl. Neither one was my original fight. And then I heard about the one with the boxer in the back alley. And I right. was like, wait, hold on, with McKinney? They're like, yeah, bro. Yeah, like, but those weren't my original like fights. They weren't you... directed at me. Okay, okay. It was me it, more. Stepping in. <laughs> because they, I heard some of the dudes, as I was like, corn. Like, I heard corn fracture a dude's head one time in a fight. I'm just like, why would yeah. you even try these dudes? Like, they don't look like normal human beings. So, I know the one in um, the Sugar Bowl, it was a group of guys from our team inside of his place and some of the guys from um, Florida. And uh, Gerard Warren and them, he was part of that group that was in there. They had gotten two with the guys inside, but they left out. And when they left out, Najee Davenport knew Gerard, and I had just met him maybe a month or two prior through Najee. They were standing there talking to us, so it was like, they're on one side, we're on one side. He's explained to us what's going on. <laughs> we're listening. 
the group of guys from Miami, often they just see us standing on one side, number ten on the side. Uh, so now they come out like, "Ooh, oh, what's going on?" And then all this. So now they walk up, and they're just walking up on some. They just got into an argument inside. Now they come outside. They see a group of us that's outside, face to face, face to face. And um, when they when they came over, it was just like a lot of words. And I just remember I don't know who flew, who one of them grenade drinks. Once that get the throwing, and the people just started fighting. <laughs> Somebody I don't know what side threw the drink first, but it was like one threw it and the other side threw it back, and then. And, and Brian's wingspan. And in my crazy, not my thing is, I swore I was like, I know somebody took pictures of this, and I, no pictures ever. Never. Surfaced. You're in the middle of Bourbon Street. When I tell you, I swore I thought I seen like people. Flash. Yeah, and it's like. Remember I've this. Never Remember seen that it. flash that you would have seen would have been one of those pictures you had to do this <laughs> way, <laughs> or you had to wait. Blow, right. blow it off as a Polaroid. You, so know? you know, like you get a your Polaroid pictures back, back, you know? Or you had to do the zip, zip, right. zip, 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 <laughs> zip, 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 zip. I like swear, it. somebody out there has a picture. Aren't you just glad there were no? Apple phones back in the right, days. Right, right. Oh, I mean, definitely. Come on. We all oh, that would have made it. It would have made the news before we got back to the hotel. Can you imagine Miami the way <laughs> they were? What, what happened when you got back to the hotel? We all in the um, we all ended up going into like a, a room, I guess, like where we kind of hang out at a type of right. thing. And then um, Coach Swayze, a player, another player had like kind of fractured his hand. It was a D lineman, a young guy. Um, Coach Swayze was just making sure that we didn't get beat up. <laughs> and then, um, and check. And he, he was just checking on, make sure that, like, how oh, did I train y'all? You shouldn't be out here, you know, losing in the fight. Damn and straight. Then, <laughs> and then, um, we and then you seen the Alex fight. Brown on the news with like a black, black guy. guy. So it was like, <laughs> he made them look bad. And you see why everybody talks so highly about Swayze being that father figure because oh, yeah. as much as he talks, as much as he pushes you, he only cares about one thing. Yeah. But y'all better not look soft. Right, right, right. I'm, you are a reflection of him, me. Yeah. So you better not, if you're soft, yeah, you know. Nah. And then, you know, Butch came, Butch came, Butch came in. Well, I think Butch was kind of happy that nobody was like, you know, messed up too bad too. Because he wasn't really too hard on us, but they was trying to figure things out because like some of them guys that got arrested for um, Florida like everybody in Miami kind of made it out and like left they were still like carrying on but like we like got out of there and so like you know it got like the bush and he was trying to figure out make sure is everybody like good like yeah and then we were in there for a minute and who that was there with us at the time everybody was just trying to make sure that everybody was good they didn't really they didn't really yell at us about it they just were trying to ask how this boys will be boys <laughs> I mean, listen, yeah. you got whooped on the in Bourbon Street, and then you got whooped <laughs> right, on so the field. Right, so now we really feel like we got to carry this over to the field now. And then you got, like you said, you got Alex what? Brown doing an interview like, hey, the, uh, the, the time before so, I was nah, on, nothing happened. I was on Bourbon Street in 93 for the national championship game against Alabama, okay? And I was with John Ruth, who was the mascot, a mm. bunch of the cheerleaders, okay? We literally were on literally two he was with on the, male the Bourbon cheerleaders. Street. The female cheerleaders, uh -huh, sure, okay? Yeah. There were no male, uh -huh. there were no male cheerleaders back then. Really? <laughs> Dang, that's where Title Nine came in. You huh? may not have heard this story, okay? John Ruth grabs his face, and there's blood gushing off his face. Okay, it just midnight, he just left the thing. Yeah. He got shot in the face. Say what? Somebody shot a gun into the Damn. air, and the bullet came down, hit the fat of his cheek, and went down to the bottom. So a cop comes up. I call a cop over. He goes, "He was in a fight." I go, "Dude." There's the bullet. The bullet was on the ground. So back in the day, Connie Nickel was in charge of the cheerleaders and the mascot. Say what? She took them to the hospital, and we had we, we were staying out of town. And so at three o'clock was like we had to catch the bus to go back to our hotel. So we went on to Bourbon Street and just had a you know Bourbon Street, oh. New Year's Eve or yeah. whatever, New Year's night. 
come back at three o'clock, and here's Connie coming from the hospital with John Ruth. So the next day, John Ruth is in his costume as the mascot. He's got a Band-Aid on each cheek this year <laughs> because he got shot in one of his cheeks. But, I mean, if he would have got hit on the top of the but head, they say right, he'd he would have been dead. That's crazy. Him. And I was yes. literally, like, as I, close as I am to Brian right now, but that's how close so I am. So what did y'all think? Like, did you, like what, what was the reaction? Well, I grabbed the cop and said, and he goes, oh, he got in a fight because he's bleeding. But, I mean, it, it just hit the top it of his, it, well, it went in his cheek. And out the lower part. I mean, it, you know, it, so we had two little pops there. But like y'all just walking down the street, and then like, yeah, what did you we, say? We were like, "Shit, what's going on?" <laughs> like, right, like, that's what I would have said. Yeah, it was, it was, it was an interesting night. Damn, that's crazy. I mean, listen, I was supposed to go to Bourbon Street one time, and then this little storm, Katrina came, and uh, that was the end of that trip. Uh, so I never made it. You know, I look back and I, I just go back. I, I'm so fortunate to have so many memories to travel with this team and be around players like Brian. And, and the other guys we've talked about, Coach Davis and stuff like it's, it's just really something that we don't really see as much today. But, you know, Brian talked about they were a unit, they were a team, they were a family. And that's what we have to be. We have to be a family. We have to say we're going to support our players, our coaches, our team, and try to build something special. And right now I just see there's so much division amongst, you know, right coach, wrong coach, right player, wrong player. We want this quarterback. We want this running. And it's like, dude, we want the best for all of them. Right. And it takes each one of them to do their job correctly to be great. Because a quarterback can't do it all by himself. A receiver can't do it all by himself. It's got to be a collection. And Brian talked about they got together during the week, during the offseason. They were doing it. And the offensive line probably is the most important part of the team. I always say that's the engine. I say without the engine, the car ain't going to move nowhere. You know what I'm saying? The quarterback's the driver. And, and people have the receiver and the tight ends at the wheels and all that. You could have the fancy rims, but you ain't got no engine. Uh, yeah, ain't nowhere. Going nowhere. 11 <laughs> guys to work in unison yep. on every play yeah. in every game never happened. It never will happen. Well, that gives you some hope, right? Because Mario's a offensive lineman. Right? So mm -hmm. He's a dude, right? So obviously you look at the guys he's recruiting. He's got the number one tackle committed. Francis Maui Goa. This, you and who, who keeps saying he's coming. Oh, no. He's He's locked in. I don't think he, I don't I don't see, the way his family is. The dad. Did you see it? I don't know if you watch his commitment. The dad was just sitting there like and then I talked to some people inside of the mm -hmm. and they were like, no, 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 no. His dad is like this. I mean, from he, what I've heard right he, now, he didn't go there out. There's no no recruit saying I ain't coming. He right didn't now. go out on his visit. You know why he didn't go on his visit? Because Pop said this is a business trip. <laughs> Take your ass back inside, and I'll see you in the morning. But you know why? Why should Canes fans have hope with Mario as far as being the right coach? Because Mario knows what it's like as a player and as a coach. You know what I'm saying? He won it twice as a player, correct? Yep. yep. And then he was here and he coached us to our championship, so he knows what it feels like. He knows what it looks like. He knows the whole dynamics of being a champion as both a player and a coach. So that's why they should have hope. He knows the culture, too. I feel like other people came in, they kind of was erasing the culture, too. Um, but he's going to remind everybody what, you know, this program was built on and how it was built, and he was a part of it. So that's, it's always good to have people like him. That's why I was happy when you had, like, Art Kehoe and all those guys. They have been here for years, so they could always tell us how it was. So now it made you be like, oh, okay. And so when you've seen the Warren set, Michael Irvin, those guys on the sideline, your level play went up higher too. So taking, removing people from the sidelines, players and stuff like that, I feel like that went downhill because if you have Willis McGahee, these different people, running backs on the sideline, you're going to play at a higher level because you, you don't want to like a scrub down. in front of them. Or you want to show them you were as good as but they But you got people way up there in both cameras or wherever that lounge is, they have no clue you're there supporting them. 
they're going to go out there and do what they're going to do. Like, you know yep. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and these are NFL greats that we're talking, Hall of Famers. Right. I mean, you were fortunate enough, or, or you were part of a Super Bowl winning team. We just had our 10-year anniversary. I just and, came and, back on Tuesday. And, yeah. Which there was like five of y'all out there, right? And, and you had yeah. your 10-year anniversary, and you were fortunate enough to be there with fellow pro Kane, fellow Hurricanes, and Ed Reed, right. Ray Lewis. Uh, Damian Barry, Tommy yeah, Streeter. Tommy Streeter. What, what was that part like? Because you're even from def- different eras, but what was it like being a teammate of Ray? And it was his team, or at least it was portrayed that way, and, and Ed's Him team. and Ed shared it. Him and Ed shared it. Yeah, and I, I'm going to say a little Two bit slackers, of... slackers, uh, right? I'm going to say yeah. a little bit of uh, Terrell Suggs. It was like kind of those three, that dynamic. Um, it was Ray Lewis was the team, like was the, the head guy, and then it like, was Ray and then Terrell Suggs. Um, they, they the ones who called me to come. Like, when I was, like, I'm out of here in Minnesota, Ray called me before I could even get settled to figure out, like, what. I wanted to see where I was going to fit at. So I'm looking at the Colts. I'm looking at the other people. Um, hey, I forget the guy. It's a, a, another Kane, too. Um, he played there, but by the time I got there, he was gone. For the Ravens? Friend. Yeah. He was the linebacker. Oh, uh, Tavares Good. T. Good. I guess T. Good. Yeah. yeah, it was T. Good. Yeah. He reached out to me and was like, Black, Black as night with goals? <laughs> yeah, that's T. Good. He reached out to me and, and said, uh, Ray Lewis, what's your number? Um, can I give him a number? I'm like, yeah. And then Ray called me like, oh, you coming here? This another. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> Y'all got a whole guy who got a movie, Blindside. I don't, I don't know how he feels. <laughs> I don't want to come in here because I'm not playing right tackle. So I don't know. Let me just check. He said, no, I already talked to him. And then Reed called me like the following day. I'm like, bro, you coming right there? I'm like, I'm still just trying to see like, the Colts, it was like a couple other teams that were interested, and I was just trying to see where I would fit in. And I was like, y'all talk to him to make sure he's okay with moving there. They're like, he doesn't mind. He, he doesn't mind. Plays next to Marshall Yonder now. I'm like, all right. And Ray was persistent. Uh, I can't imagine. Was it peer Ray, pressure? Like, did you feel like you couldn't say no yeah, to Ray Yeah, every time I'm like, what's taking so long, man? I'm like, bro, you just want to be a practice? And he just kept hitting me up, and I was like, Ray right. kind of coming up and saying, like, hey, you know. Yeah, but imagine yeah. you're the coach, and it's Ray Lewis and Ed Reed looking at you like, And they're this basically is, dictating everything. They're this like, is our we left tackle. Talking. This is what we're doing. This is the, you're going to sit him by me. My locker was right by Ray Lewis locking off. And think about me, I'm going to talk to him. This ain't the first time that we've had a fellow Kane on here said they went into the coaches or the GMs. Fan alert. And fan said, alert. And said, hey, players by the plays, way, we are drafting Sean Taylor. Oh, yeah. You're not taking anybody else. If you want somebody in this draft, right. you're taking Sean Taylor. It was players making and Santana. Decisions. Straight up. Players you're taking this dude. making decisions. Can I talk? I mean, damn, I can't even speak. <laughs> as in the background. How, how, how much, though, did they run that locker room at that time? Um... <laughs> I was funny that we talked about it on this past trip too because uh, Coach Harbaugh uh, and I had to say something to him about how I could tell he's changed as a coach because the atmosphere changed. So he could be hard on us, but he can't have that same attitude with this generation. He said around 2017 it had to change. But um, even in the league, not yeah. just college, oh, even the in league. the league, yeah, because everywhere you talk a certain way, and some guys are going to shut down. When you talk to us, we would give a response. We were going to respond, like you know what I'm saying. And it's nah, people are a little more. You sensitive. know what is funny? Uh, me and John Beeson ran into a Frank Gore one time coming out of Milam's. Mm-hmm. And Frank, I don't know what year Frank was in, 1820 whatever. And Frank <laughs> played forever, but Frank's looking. Frank's looking at Beeson. Goes, bruh, we ain't got none of y'all in the league no more. Nah. He goes, these dudes don't even want to hit me. He goes, I'll play for another five years. It's just too easy right now. Nah, I'm like, so Damn. we have, we have some guys who are still on the team from our Super Bowl season. And they're even saying it like. It's just not the same. Like it's, 
It's just not. Well, but but is it is it because of the protocols we're used to trying to protect players? The lack of contact during off season, preseason. But you still can't even talk days. to them. You can't even yell at them. Right. Anymore. Everyone's it, too, that, sensitive. You know, Everyone's too, too sensitive. Everyone's too sensitive. We're, yeah, I don't know when that started, but yeah. So who would it's yell at social you? Media. Who, who's the one that was yelling at you? Was it more Ray and the players, or was no. it the coaches that were kind of dictating that? No, you know room? when you get in the team meetings, the coaches would yell about certain plays and stuff like right. that. But as far as like in the locker room, we kind of we some of the coaches got on our nerves, so that was our gelling thing. It's like we all. Same thing when I got to Minnesota. When Brett Favre came, that was the best season we ever had. Our head coach got on our nerves, so we gelled as a team. Like, you know what I'm saying? There was, there was times where he tried to take Brett out the game. Brett said he wasn't coming out. Tavares was like, well, I can't go in. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, as a coach, what can you do? If your backup said he ain't going in because Brett ain't coming out because it's more respect for Brett. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. So the players would have more respect, you know, kind for, of each, for other. each other. What's it like playing with a Hall of Famer like Brett Favre? He was fun. He, he yeah. was fun. He was a fun. Um, I heard he gets he gets he gets it in after the game too. No. No. He has been sober for some years. So definitely by the time he came to Minnesota, he wasn't in that state. He probably did earlier in his career. In a Green Bay. Yeah. But um, he was somebody who kind of everybody rallied around, and that was twelve and four. Went to the NFC Championship. That was the best season I had as a Minnesota Viking, all based on him coming. We had those same guys there. Just, Minus him, he came and then took us there. When, but, did, when did you believe him, right? Um, he was uh, seeing everything. He was calling. He was making my job easier. He was making dummy calls. He was just doing like a lot of things that overall he was helping a lot of people. And that's just from experience. Experience, you have a lot of experience. there it is. Yeah, like, reps, and reps and reps and reps and reps. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you, you a question. Seen, Twenty years, you've seen everything. And, like, I'm gonna, gonna ask saying? you a question. I think this is gonna be a tough. This is gonna be a tough answer. What was more exciting, winning a Super Bowl or winning a national championship? I'm going to more exciting? I'm going to say I felt like winning that. All right, so winning the Super Bowl, I felt like I was back in college going through the national championship phase because it felt like I was at a bowl, like you was at a bowl game. Yeah. So... But you know you don't go to bowl games in the league. Yeah. But that week was treated like a bowl game. You had press day. You win right. all these different places. So I felt like I was reliving winning the national championship. Pasadena. That's interesting. So I kind of feel like my initial championship, championship was the best one. And then when I got to the Super Bowl, I felt like I was reliving that same thing again. And then the only person I've ever won both with was Ed Reed. So he was right there along with me too. So that's pretty. Cool. That's amazing to have. It really is. Right. So college um, teammates on the same team. Right. That's sick. So um, and, and not only that, that was a, to win a national championship in college and to win a Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, not a lot of people do that. Not a lot of people. Not a lot of people win either. But to win both, yeah. that's was, impressive. Was that the culmin? I mean, you played for a few years after that and came down to the Dolphins. But was winning that Super Bowl kind of the culmination? Like once you won that, you're like, I'm good. I mean, now it's gravy. Yeah, because now when I won that, and then it was like the following season, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, it took me 11 years to get to this one. I don't know how much more I got to get to another. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's hard to repeat, isn't it? Oh, it definitely is. Because everybody now, whenever you're a champion, something everybody now is coming at you with their A game. Kind of goes back to me, me being, um, but me going into my senior year, not getting up a sack, and then I, that kind of made news, and uh, that was everybody's goal. Remember how I said like the one game when he got a good start, and it was like, oh, I can't even. I had to keep playing up here regardless. No, no place off for this guy, right? No, yeah. you can't. But let me ask a question. You, you, that, that actually brings something up that has came up lately. 
you know, you said no plays off and stuff like that. Was it harder going into games where the team sucked and you just knew, like, hey, we're going to blow this team out? Like, how do you guys get yourself on that same level when you're playing the Florida State to say, we're not going to have a um, letdown game? Like I said, in a certain point of the season for me, <laughs> I had to just keep finding ways of not allowing this person, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to get anything on me. So my mentality was just different, like, just get through the season. <laughs> and try not to give up a sack. So I had to keep just making myself to find ways to get it done. Like, regardless of, the more points we put up, I can get out the game sooner. <laughs> <laughs> so I want us to, like, do good. So by, because I mean, Ed always say, like, you know, third quarter we need to have be about the three touchdowns, get the younger guys, get in, get them some reps. So that was always our goal. So if you looked at, if you look at our um, season, all but two games, I think, it was all about like 21 or better. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Boston that College, was, though. How was that one? Boston College, I think. Yeah, Tech. Yeah, yeah. Tech at home. Were, yeah. Boston College, one of them games like I hurt. Whatever, which was the last game? V Tech. V Tech. That was V Tech? At yeah. home? To the Rose yeah. Bowl. No, away. That was Boston was College, away. I thought. Yeah, Boston yeah. College was away. Yeah, Boston College was away. They, they were both a, away. They were both away. I was thinking about the last two. No, no, Boston College was the last game. Virginia Tech was the last game where the guy dropped the one where Ed Reed makes the play, stealing the ball from Drop Drop the touchdown or the two point conversion in the end zone was Virginia Tech. That's where you guys had the roses in your mouth in the locker room. Was that Ernest Wolford? You were in your. That's right. Vernon Carey started at left tackle or went in at left tackle at that I got hurt. I was blocking and somebody from behind came and like fell on the back of my leg and tore my meniscus. So I ended up being out that game. Um, yeah, so we but, 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 well, I wanted to go, Brian, you didn't give up a sack in college. You go to the NFL, you're going to give up a sack. It's different. How do you deal with that? Like, how do you mentally? Um, well, I knew that it would eventually come because there's two different type of quarterbacks. One who's scrambling around everywhere. You don't know where he's at. Right. Ken, I have an idea. Like, he's going to be right here. He's not moving. He's not going to move. <laughs> yeah. Donnie Culpepper is, like, running from here, and it's like – you're gonna get so something. my first sack was a covered sack because he was looping way out there and it was like I blocked my guy but he chasing way out there and he didn't catch it so I'm like with him it's not my fault. It depends on the quarterback. For me, I like more of a stationary quarterback. <laughs> I have an idea where you are unless you're going to really make plays and like not get hit. So you love Dorsey then because he just stood he there. He didn't move. Yeah. Even Brett Favre when I played with him, it was like I kind of had an idea where he'll be. Like you know what I'm saying? But when you have those guys who are running around everywhere, I have no clue. And then sometimes I have to look at the defender's eyes like, something going well, you, on. You see <laughs> now in the league and stuff with these mobile quarterbacks, you know, legal man downfield and all because they're – Well, that, that's, the, that's the RPO game, and they barely call RPO. And I don't – and they can call – like, obviously I watch it with defenders, so they're screaming at the TV, he's downfield, he's downfield. And I'm like, oh, yeah. they're always downfield. He goes, exactly, call the <laughs> damn play because he's that legal man downfield. So, obviously, when you guys play, you guys really didn't have that much RPO game like they do now. Now Because the quarterbacks have changed a lot. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can think about something. So now you got a whole bunch of quarterbacks that are scrambling. The guys that, you know, had to move to receiver back in the day would be starting quarterbacks in this type of modern offense. You know, like before it was Randall. Oklahoma quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Well, you had Flacco, too. That wasn't going to really go anywhere. I know. uh, We had a a great (laughs) run in the Super Bowl. I had a tough lineup. Um, That that playoff, I had to start off with the white frame. (laughs) Jesus. That was round one. We only had three rounds. All right, so Dwight Freeney. Um, then after that, we had to go to Doomerville. And um, what's, what's the other guy? Because they flip-flopped. He still played Von Miller. Von Miller. So Doomerville and Miller. And then we had to go to New England. I don't remember who it was in New England. And then I had to finish Super Bowl with Alden Smith and Justin Smith. I had, like, a Jeez. lineup. 
Our high school. Who's who of great, but he kicked their right. ass, right? Yeah, but it was like every thing. week. <laughs> well, that keeps you on your toes too, it right? Does. It doesn't let you relax. And, and and you also had a you got a close relationship and had a running back in Ray Rice. And yeah, 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 yeah. A ton of photos of you know the oh, yeah. size difference and all that. Uh-huh. And just, just you know what you know run blocking, pass blocking. What did you prefer? You hear about a lot of offensive linemen that towards the end of the game they prefer to run block and kind of lean as I got older your... I prefer to run block. <laughs> Why is that? Because I wanted to be able to just run block and wear them down, you know, and then we can turn into the pass. So I like the run block as I got older. Much harder. Younger, Much like harder. Then. Run blocking or pass blocking? Pass blocking is harder, um, especially well, on the road. It's harder because noise. You got to look at use peripheral, like all these different things. And if you have a good guy that can get off the edge. You got to make sure you don't panic and open up. It's like a lot of things you just got to really trust the technique. So it can be harder on the road. Oh, I mean, listen, you know, you told TBD he likes playing on the road compared to home. So uh, Ooh, I, what, what, at you, home, it's like you can hear everything, you can communicate saying, well. When you played, where did you like to play better? Did you like road, road or games or home? At home, I can hear. Like, <laughs> but, but, communicating. Okay, you're right, and I agree with what you're saying. But from an atmosphere. You know what's crazy is I played better on the road. I don't know why. Played better on the road because I think it probably had to be forced to focus more. I was grading out higher a lot more on the road. For some you know, you, you, you know heard that back in the 30 for 30, stuff like that, the guys talking about they enjoyed going into a full stadium. And, of course, in those days, just like your days, you went into a full stadium and you shut them up because you beat them. Right, but I feel like on the inside, so you know how like a duck is underwater like this? That's how I felt on the road. However, it might have looked like I was being calm, but at home, I was just like... Okay, I'm home. Like, You're home, yeah. Did, I communicated did you care when the Orange Bowl wasn't full and you weren't playing in front of a – because you didn't. I mean, you look at the attendance numbers that national championship year and the Orange Bowl 46, was not 000. sold out. Did that bother you guys as players? Was that something that – I don't think I ever thought about it. Right. It was sold out or not. Exactly. Yeah. You no, know, but you know what? It's funny. You mentioned uh, do guys like playing on the road more. You know who normally says they like to play on the road more? Defensive guys. Defense, yeah. Defensive guys always say, I like shutting up the crowd. Why? Because it's normally a little bit more quiet for them. They can hear everything. But then when it's loud and offense is on there, they're on the bench and the people are talking shit to them. And they're just like, all right, just wait. You go to some of those stadiums. And I mean, the bench and the fans. I mean, literally, it wasn't. In feet. Virginia Tech. You and the fans. I Virginia mean, Tech is right here. I can, yeah, I can so high you, five the dude. You always be like, don't turn around. Because once you yep. turn around, they know you can right. hear them. So you just sit <laughs> You can hear everything. Just sit there. Just don't look back. Just what was the toughest back. environment you played in? College or or, um, uh, or NFL? You had some, I can't remember what games in college. You had some people. They would just go down the line until somebody responded and just say <laughs> stuff. Talking about uh, your family. People, and, just everything. Or just right. you. Like, right. Really. And... Um, so you had those type one, of people that had figure salutes everywhere you went, right? Um, but for, like, from the kids, when it came to like noise, you had like Seattle, you had New Orleans, um, Seattle, New Orleans, and I'm gonna say Indianapolis. They were really loud. Did you ever play for the Raiders? New Orleans. Raiders? Yeah, I played out I mean, there. Their fans are pretty crazy. Yeah, but they gotta be winning too. Like they weren't. They weren't having a season. <laughs> like they gotta Good be point. in the games. Yeah, right. I don't think they were. Like, <laughs> but some of their fans are a little bit psycho. Oh man. yeah, but one one year we had um, earpieces <laughs> like. You put these things in your ear, and it was supposed to you made you hear everything closer. Somehow, it's supposed to block out the further noise, so I was supposed to be able to hear the guy next to me, stuff like that. Like we even had that in our ear. Did it actually year. work? 
I get, I don't, I don't it's kind of like the trick in the club when you would cover the person's ear and then talk. talk. You can hear the person close closer and not the, the yeah, noise around, around you. Yeah. I remember the first time a chick did that, I was like, what the hell is you doing? Damn, and I know yeah, I got so big ears, but to, shit. You learn something every day. Well, I mean, you know what it is? That's like the trick that everyone goes, how are these dudes not wearing sleeves when it's so cold out? Now I always say Vaseline. Oh, yeah, they give you something called a second skin. So yep. you just put it on. And everyone looks at you crazy like, what? And I go, yeah. you see why they're shiny right now? It's because it closes their pores. They don't feel anything. And they're like. But you'll be bleeding and stuff. don't even know it. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You might need stitches there. <laughs> If you always in cold games like that, hands something's always bleeding. You don't even know it. Vaseline, Minnesota. You played so, outdoors most of the time, right? Or no, we were in the dome. dome. Minnesota's a dome, yeah. and then until also, one year our uh, yep. stadium collapsed, the roof collapsed, right. and yep. then we There's had no. the outside at one. Hell no, nah, not out there. So to wrap it up, we always like to ask the guys, what was your favorite moment as a cane? Um, my favorite moment probably would be besides the national championship is um, 2000 when we beat Florida State. That was a lot going into that. I was like getting stressed on the sideline. It was like down to like the last drive and the shocking, you know, score. It yep. was a lot. No like, water in the stand. Oh man, <laughs> it was hot. It was hot that day. Yeah. Time. I, 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 I swear like, it was a couple of years in a row there was no water in, in Orange Bowl for the Florida State game. <laughs> I, I mean, we had Coach Davis on last week, and and he said he he pointed to that game also yeah. as being you know one of the most the important energy. for the program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, yeah. he feels like if it we lost that then. game, things would not have changed. Do you agree with that? Possibly. I feel like once we beat yeah, once we beat them, we felt like we were unstoppable. Um, that Washington game was a game that like they got such a big lead that once we got a roll in, we just ran out of time. Yeah, yeah. If we had five more minutes, you would have won that game. Right. It just we ran out of time. So that's why we did them dirty the next year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you're still scoring on them. Yes, you guys did. You did them dirty to the point that the athletic director yeah. was complaining. Like, how did that make you feel? Were you like, yeah, that's we right. We were happy, like, good, because you ruined it for us last year. So. I can't wait for those days to come back. Oh, God, please, man. My heart and my liver can't yeah. take yeah. it right you know, now. You go back to Notre Dame, South Carolina's, Washington's. They didn't want to ever play us again because yeah. of what we did to them. That's what we want to get. And look what happened last time we played Notre Dame. I know. Oh, we're going to be number two. We're going to come and whoop y'all ass. I'm like, man, get your shit out of here. And they started leaving early, and I love our fans. Our fans talk so much shit yeah. in this stadium. I we, love we it. We win one like, big game every ten, know, 10 years, and we talk shit. I don't know if you guys saw, like, the Texas A&M, and we went out there, and people were on Twitter like, oh, Texas A&M appreciated the hospitality. was so great. Blah, 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 blah. They'll never see then that they, here. Then the Texas A&M people were like, hey, no problem. That's what we do in Texas. Can't wait to, re to see the return <laughs> when we come out there next year. Not I go, happening. you ain't about to get that no, when you come out here. Bless you all. You guys are about to get your ass cursed out. <laughs> All right, Brian, we really appreciate your time, Thanks man. Man, great to take it back in the day. Like I said, everybody, come on out to Coyo Taco. Got a great big crowd tonight. Nice it's, crowd, it's great fun. food. You see the quesadillas in front of us right now. <laughs> great drinks. Margaritas. Well, we know you're gonna drink margaritas. Ga gallon margaritas. That's like your sixteen dollars. Gallon margaritas, fifteen dollars. Well, it's a, it's a, it's or not a half. half it's a half, half gallon, gallon for thirty-eight. Why are you just saying all types of wrong? Yeah, yeah, that one right over there is, right there. is 38. Right, yeah, oh, that's my special. Yeah. That's my special. That's, that's your special. You say man. his name, that's his discount code. Exactly. 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 And then on, yeah, put game, bill. on game days, you got a bucket of beer specials, and you also have uh, free Jaeger shots anytime you get a Red Bull. So come on by, all the Canes. Come on by during game Big day. Big weekend this weekend and on just the road. Have great come food. by and enjoy it. Uh, that's not a, I'm scared, actually, because we don't play well in Virginia. I ain't no. even going to lie. No. We do not play well in Virginia. Virginia didn't beat us in the Orange Bowl, did they? 
win. Yeah, like the, the last game. game. Yes. All right, on that note, we are out of here. We are not talking about that game. Okay. We'll talk to you guys next time.